0: welcome to Yolitics the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics
1: hey there welcome back to another episode of Yolitics my partner in crime's already already uh, taking a swig here before we're even starting <laughs> man starting early here. So, Wheeler is still catching up with his, his email from being off, and it's probably a mile-long to-do list. So, we are having a pint today on Yolitics with none other than Chris Lawrence from WFAA, evening news anchor. Cheers, Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Good to see you. Uh, Dad extraordinaire, if you follow mm-hmm. him on Instagram. I, I've lived here 15 years in Dallas, and he's lived here, what, three or four years? Three and a half. Three and, and a half, and yep. he's done everything I've, I haven't done, so... <laughs> Uh, except
0: hit all the taco spots
1: (laughs) well this episode's right up his alley uh we are a shout out especially to uh pegasus city brewery here this is the tap room is where we are uh recording this episode downtown dallas 1508 commerce street right next to the at&t global headquarters downtown adrian busby Coming in early for us. Thank you very much, Adrian. So now I can officially have a, uh, a drink. What are you drinking, by the way?
0: I'm drinking Beaming Blonde because I have to work uh, a full shift today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is shortly, right? Is it good? It's a, a lager, it a blonde, okay. Blonde,
0: yeah, very refreshing.
1: Wow, I have, a, uh, I have Cannoneer, and this is a, uh, an amber. Uh, it's 7.4. Percent and I a bold amber. So that's that's why the bold. My eyes am. aren't
0: as good. What is mine? Uh, Mine's got to be in the fives. I figure. What are you having
1: again? Be blonde? blonde. Oh, yours is six point four. Oh, that'll, that'll be a creative okay. newscast tonight. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be watching that <laughs> one. Be sure to one. tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have to do that but later uh, later today. Here. So a few months back, we did an episode on downtown Dallas's resurgence after COVID occupancy in downtown buildings, the high rise office buildings uh, is, is going great. If you've been downtown at all uh, in the past few years, you've probably seen grocery stores. That's huge for downtown Dallas because, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, downtown Dallas, especially at 4.30 or 5 p.m., turned into a ghost town. Nobody was around here. Big influx in the population uh, in the city's city center. And now there's something else happening that you might have seen. If you're driven through downtown, you probably passed it. You didn't know what was going on with all the development. But four new parks are going in. New green space. And what's cool about this, Chris, is because this used to be surface parking lots. And I like how Dallas has kind of, kind of grabbed that. But these are the latest additions to, to really a flurry of parks being built in the city center. And it's really changing the look and the feel of the city, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, nothing sort of deadens a city like big, empty lots yeah. in the middle of the city. I mean, I think it's a, it's a sign of any thriving city when you don't see that. When when the parking is underground or in a garage or uh, in those surface spaces are thriving.
1: Yeah, no, no yeah. kidding. Just redeveloping those is a big deal. So the group behind this is Downtown Dallas Parks Inc. and Amy Meadows is the chief executive officer, and she is having a drink with us today here. Amy, <laughs> mm-hmm. welcome to Politics.
2: Thank you. Glad what, to be here.
1: What are you having over there? What is that, by the way?
2: I was told it was a. Sh- is it is a shandy? Um, I don't know what that means because I'm not a beer drinker.
0: You're, you're, you're a wine person. <laughs> I'm a wine gal. Yeah.
2: Right. But I, I wanted to take part in the spirit of, yes. of the effort here. So Jenny I'll probably have a, a... very
0: refreshing... Uh, okay. Refreshing
2: I'll have a sip or two, and yes. We'll yes. See, but I also have my glass of water. Yeah. And you have a glass of water to go <laughs> yeah. with
1: it. And a cool glassware too with the, uh, the, the Art Deco, cool. the, the yeah. Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pegasus Wing there, Pegasus City Brewery here. Let, let me ask you about this. When I, when I was first approached with this idea, I love the idea, but I... Sorry, I never heard of you guys before. City of Dallas has its own Parks Department. The City of Dallas has a Park Board. Uh, a friend of mine was on that. Hmm? What in the world does your nonprofit do? It's been around for what, seven years now. W- what's the primary uh, purpose for you guys?
2: Well, Parks for Downtown Dallas is a nonprofit foundation that was created in the near the end of 2015. We were previously known as the below Foundation. Uh, and when the company was sold to Gannett, our trustees made the decision that we were going to, you know, and we were not, we were an independent foundation, so we could spin off and we could change our focus. We had actually done some park development for the city of Dallas. We had built the original Below Garden uh, that opened to the city in 2012. That has recently changed its name to Civic Garden, but same location, Griffin and Main Street. Uh, And our trustee said, we're going to use all of our assets to build uh, out the master plan. And there were two master plans that were created for downtown parks. One in 2004 that brought you Below Garden, Main Street Garden, and Clyde Warren Park. And then uh, it was updated in 2013, and there were four priority parks identified in that project. And that was uh, Pacific Plaza, West End Square, Carpenter Park, and Harwood Park. So that's what we're doing. We're building those parks for the city. We're actually like a, a nonprofit developer as part of a public-private partnership with the city of Dallas.
0: And you just had the quote-unquote groundbreaking for the, fir, for the last of the four, correct. right? Correct,
2: correct. Harwood Park's groundbreaking was um, last this fall, at the end of September. And it's under construction just a few blocks away from where we are right now.
1: Amy, I misspoke about the name of the organization. That's My apologies. Right. I was on your website that's all and I was right. going through all kinds of stuff, watching videos, looking at the master plan. So I apologize. It's Parks for Downtown Dallas, correct? Inc.
2: But we 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 uh, collaborate very closely with Downtown Dallas Inc. And that's where I think sometimes the confusion comes Those in.
1: Those guys at Downtown Dallas yeah. Inc. Um, so just to lay this out, I presume, like any city they really need the public private partnership to really make things come to fruition. Is it, that's the whole Correct. point of having you guys come in to, to actually get these parks off the ground?
2: Yes, because we had an endowment of around 40 plus million that we knew we could activate instantly. And so the city wasn't going to have to wait to get bond approval from the citizens to get more bond dollars to do these projects. We, now, it is a match situation. So we put up our capital and then the city did put it in the 2017 bond program mm. as mm. well.
0: And tell me a little bit, like, just take Harwood Park, for Mm -hmm. example. What did it take politically, uh, business-wise, to to cobble that together?
2: Well, Harwood is is unique because it was not land that the city owned, and it hadn't been on the previous plan, so there there was a bond program in 06 that allocated funding for land purchase for Pacific Plaza and Weston Square. Um, Carpenter was already a plaza that the park department had dedicated in 1981, but it wasn't a park that anyone could access because it was actually bisected by streets. So it was almost mm. like a park for cars, mm. you know, as you drove through. Harwood was brand new to the, the field, and it. I think we had 14 different parcels of land that we had to purchase. Wow. Um, we began purchasing those properties in 2014 when we were actually the BELO foundation because we were watching what was happening here in downtown and we saw the demand that was happening in the real estate market here. And we thought by the time the park department finally gets this in, approved for, you know, in the bond next bond program, which mm-hmm. was stated to happen in 2017, um this land would be probably out of the realm of possibility in terms of purchase price.
1: Like a developer a developer might pick it up or be yep, too expensive?
2: Exactly. So okay. That somebody else in the private sector would want to buy this property and develop it. And so we knew that the city by that point wouldn't have the resources. So we figured we'd start doing this. And so we we did. And it took four years, but we got all of that park under uh, our control, and then ultimately, um, last year in 2021, we sold that property to the city at appraised value, and they were able to um, use bond dollars, and and those bond dollars then came to us, and we're now reinvesting those bond dollars in the construction of the park.
1: Let's get people to lay the land here too. If they're familiar with mm-hmm. downtown Dallas, the old Belo Garden is now Civic Garden, mm-hmm. is right in front of the Federal Courthouse downtown, right, right next to the uh, the Bank of America Tower, the tallest building mm-hmm. in downtown Dallas. Uh Pacific Plaza is is right behind the Sheraton Hotel. Correct. And And next to
2: one Dallas Center and Republic Tower. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I I remember parking in that parking lot, which it was a parking lot that was way beyond his time. It was patched, it was it was gross. Agreed. (laughs) But um what you guys have done there is incredible. Harwood Park, it, tell me exactly where that is, because I know the, the name Harwood, I just can't place where right. it is downtown. And
2: I know there's some confusion because of the Harwood district that has you know, right. been developed on the other side of downtown. Um, Har, but Harwood Park is bound by Pearl Street on the east side, Young Street on the south side, Harwood Street on the west side, and Jackson Street on the north side.
1: What are the buildings around or What are the landmarks? Um,
2: the Scottish Rite Museum and, and Temple is there on the south side on Young Street, and then the Farmer's Market's just a couple blocks away. Gotcha. Um, on the east side is the new East Quarter District that Todd Interest has developed. On the west side is First Presbyterian Church. And then on the north side is a building under construction by Merdad um, Moyeti's company, who he did the Statler Hotel, so he's building some wow. residential on the north side of the. Park. So
0: it, it kind okay. of stitches these neighborhoods together, together. to Correct. try to get a more cohesive Correct. feel to them.
2: Yes, and and the Farmers Market District, in terms of residential, is where mostly most of our families have moved. So we know there's a lot of interest, um, and they're using the new Montessori school. It's not not brand new, but it's been, been around for a few years. It's over in the UNT um, Center, so. We, we know there's going to be an interest in families coming to Harwood. So the design was influenced by that.
1: Let's zoom out a tad here, Amy. Yeah, we all like parks. They're pretty to look at. And if we're downtown, we might you know, take our kids there before or after a hockey game or a basketball game. Why does, why does Dallas and why do cities really need these parks? There are, I mean, there are real health benefits to this as well.
2: Certainly. Um, mental, physical health, environmental Uh, I think you all know that Dallas has air quality issues. And so this is one of the things about removing concrete and adding green Um, is very helpful for a city. One of the early impetus for this was the walkability of downtown Dallas. Downtown was not known as a city where people walked. They drove in. I went to their offices and mi- might have used the tunnels, so you didn't even see them on the streets. So do we people didn't. People still use the tunnels, out of curiosity. Um, there, from what I know, because our building, where we office, Bank yeah. of America Plaza, is connected to the tunnels, but the whole tunnel network does not exist any longer. But oh, we really? can go into the tunnels and go a couple blocks over. Yeah. For instance, if it's raining, we might do that. But n- now we, you really don't see many people in the tunnels. People are on the streets now. And, that, and just, that is so active. Yeah. A quick side
1: note to that for people who who don't realize that. Uh, it's so hot in Texas. Mm-hmm. Houston does this. Uh, they have an elaborate underground tunnel system that connects all the high, high-rise high skyscrapers. And Dallas had a smaller version of that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting it's not being used anymore. I interrupted you, though, but there are there are important reasons besides just the way that, you know, downtown looks to actually develop these parks. Right. Well
2: But as I'm saying, the walkability issue, yeah. and, you know, you could not really walk from one side of downtown to the other. And any great, wonderful city that you travel to in our country or in other countries around the world, typically have green spaces that allow you to move from one side of a city to another. So that was really the impetus for it, but it's become so much more because since that original uh, examination of downtown, which started in 2002 with the Inside the Loop Committee, after Boeing declined to come to Dallas, That effort was started by Mayor Laura Miller, and they realized there was no plan for parks in downtown Dallas. This was a commercial district, and no one had thought about people living here and playing here, going to school here. So, you know, what what are we missing if we're going to make this leap to be a live-play-work city? And
0: and just to take folks back a little bit, because a lot of folks like me have moved here Mm -hmm. in the last 20 years. Boeing's decision not to put its headquarters in downtown Dallas, part of that came from... It's just a dead zone, and, and they didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, putting I mean, a headquarters they, they thought here.
2: there were other cities that were far more vibrant. Okay, and they were going to go into an urban, you know, core, and this was not a vibrant core because, you know, as Courtney mentioned back in June of 2021, when you talked to her, we had 200 people living here in the late 1990s. Wow, that was in all of downtown, in wow. all remarkable. of downtown, 200 people. The current count is even more impressive than what she shared with you in June. It's now over, or around 14,000. Wow. So we keep growing and more housing is under construction right now. So more and more people are living here. Um, I noticed a difference when I started working downtown in 2001. It was my first year downtown, but soon thereafter, the Omni Hotel opened. And I started seeing, for the first time ever, conventioners walking all over Dallas. I hadn't se- seen that before. So there's been a lot of change that is bringing more people to the street level. And you want this to be a safe, pleasant experience for people to walk around Dallas
1: just to drill down on boeing just for a moment was boeing kind of a, a come to jesus moment here for dallas to dallas look in the mirror and say okay if we're going to compete with these other cities we've got to have all the bells and whistles they have but i don't think a park is really a bell and a whistle it's kind of a basic piece it does of seem like a basic
2: infrastructure need. I, yeah, it? Was, <laughs> but is that what
1: happened after the boeing thing dallas said you know hey we gotta we gotta up our game here
2: well i think the inside the loop committee said what what do we need to do yeah. to really make downtown Dallas vibrant. And there's develop occurring all over, but what's happening here? Mm. And there were a lot of empty buildings. So what could we do that would get developers interested in coming back into the, the inner city here? Um, and it has been working. Uh, I think the parks are a key component of this because it's driven additional development. So you had some some uh, pioneer developers come in and say, oh no, we're we're willing to commit But it took other developers to see the changes and the green spaces helping, I think, really motivate people. Todd Interest is a great example of that. They had redone One Dallas Center, which is on the north side of Pacific Plaza, and they saw the impact that that had on their building. And so they Mm. were the ones that started the East Quarter knowing that we were going to be building Harwood Park right at their front door.
1: Do you know East Quarter? It's, yes. it's right over here by okay. yeah, Caesar Chavez it, mm-hmm. it's the the far edge of the far eastern edge of downtown Dallas mm-hmm. right before you get to deep, deep Ellum. Ellum. Yep. It, it's great because it was kind of like a ghost town over there exactly in the past few years the the road infrastructures changed the buildings have changed nice big East quarter has, has gone up yep. uh, on the side of one of the buildings it, it's tremendous what they've done over there Tied entrance right.
0: you yes. and and but, I just think too when you when you talk about attracting development the the kinds of companies that would be interested in a downtown core, are the kind of companies that would be embracing that that live, work, work play, play mm-hmm. uh, ethos. Yes. Where they want their employees to have this vibrant lifestyle near where they're headquartered. Right. Uh, you're not going to compete with you know, a, a Frisco or a Salina that can offer however many hundred acres for mm-hmm. a campus. campus. That's not right. the kind of company that would be necessarily competing right. with downtown Dallas. So making downtown as livable as possible is good business.
2: It is good business. And I think yeah. that's why you've seen the AT&T's and, and others and small to large companies coming into downtown because now their employees can do everything here in downtown if they wish and they don't have to commute in. Hmm.
1: So. But let's talk about kind of the headline of all this and that is this whole effort has created 20 plus acres of parks in downtown Dallas over the last mm-hmm. 20 years. No other city has really done that, huh?
2: As far as we know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, if there's a city
2: in America that's done it, we haven't heard of it. So, put
1: that you know, we, in context for us. How big of a deal is that, though, Amy?
2: Well, um, we think it's pretty impressive, and we hear from other cities. I know the park department here has heard from many other cities saying, "How on earth are you all doing this?" And Dallas Parks and Rec will tell you they have more private partners than any of their peer park departments around the country. And that's there's a lot of things happening now in the green, you know, in green space here that. Wasn't I, when I moved here in two thousand and one. Um, it, it really didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't move here in no, two thousand and one. No, I'm making myself much younger than I am. <laughs> well, I moved here in actually. <laughs> I
0: did. I moved here
2: in nineteen ninety. I
0: am Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
2: so it's very. I mean, when I that was my first reaction yeah. was this is not a green focused city at all. And and it was odd to me having come from Austin where. People built things around trees or a beetle or a bird, or, you know, et cetera. Um, <laughs> so so awesome. it was just a very yeah. different environment. And, and it was, we you know, we scrape everything and we put the one tree where yeah. we want it, right? Um, over, <laughs> since that time, <laughs> there has been a huge yeah. change in Dallas's focus on green and embracing it. And it's been interesting to see in the philanthropic sector in particular, where this was not, there, there really wasn't a funding community that was engaged around bringing more green space or doing environmental grant making in dallas that has Mm. changed dramatically since the early 90s Mm. and and now we're seeing all sorts of organizations pop up and that's why i think the dallas park and rec department now has so many partners when they you know they didn't have those 20 years ago
0: and and you think how, how many mayors council members Lord knows how many council members this process has gone through through over the years. Yes,
2: because the city council had to approve, well, the park board first, and then the city council had to approve the 2004 plan. And then they had to approve the 2013 plan before, you know, we could proceed with any of these plans. So they had to buy into it.
1: What's what's the reason for all the benefactors and the companies wanting to invest in, in parks? Is it to... To to help the city develop even more to to attract the Boeing's is that is that the reason they're 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 making an investment here is that is that it well
2: I think that's a huge piece of this um, you know as our chairman Robert Deckard says a lot capital protects capital and with the investment that's have come you know come into downtown these companies want to make sure that this was a good investment on their behalf and so they're looking around to say how can we be better partners mm-hmm. in making sure downtown is really secure and is you know primed and positioned for the future. it's also kind of from a broader city perspective about the tax revenues so as we improve the infrastructure here in downtown and all the development that's coming in the tax base is increasing and those tax revenues are not being funneled directly back into downtown they go into the entire city of dallas so it's a win too to have a strong core for the entire city it's not just you know what within the freeway loop, as we say, because that's that's our geography that we're focused on is within the freeway loop. But the monies that are raised here through taxes go to the entire city of Dallas. That's
1: a good point. That's a real good point. You know, uh, I don't think you were here yet, but Clyde Warren Park is is the downtown park I think a lot of people are familiar Mm -hmm. with. And it was, I mean, it's kind of revolutionary, I think, when Mm -hmm. when when, when a park was built on top of a, a downtown freeway. That was a game changer for a lot of folks. It became a destination. It was public and private, mm-hmm. which was kind of a big deal at the time. It seemed to have a much bigger rollout. Um, there's another deck park being built just south of the skyline Correct. on Interstate 35 near mm-hmm. near the Dallas mm-hmm. Zoo. Um, is, is that going to rival the uh, Clyde Warren Park? And when is that one going to open? Because I live kind of close to it.
2: Right. Well, I should not speak on behalf of Southern Gateway Deck Park, but I think April Allen would love to talk with you about this. <laughs> we'll let you say? Um, no, go, but ahead. go ahead. I, <laughs> you know, I do um, know that it is a park that is designed for that community, and it's the landscape architect who designed Southern Gateway also did Pacific Plaza, ah. and he lives in the Oak Cliff area, so they couldn't have picked a better landscape architect to do that park. Chuck McDaniel is his name, and he really- He's got
0: skin in the game. He does, yeah, and he yeah. gets
2: it. Um, But you cannot duplicate, I think, any one of these parks, and that's what makes them unique. No, you don't. You want them to all be different, and so Clyde Warren, you know, had their landscape architecture firm. But that was also, as you said, really unique. And there are cities across America now that call the Dallas Park System and said, "Tell us how you did did this." You know, I mean, it wasn't easy because you're working with multiple government entities. Um, our, our parks, the four that we're developing, and then the in Civic Garden that we did before, we had a different landscape architect for each one of those parks too. So they look and they feel different, but they're also responding to the neighborhoods that they're in. And that's what these parks should all do, is they should look around what's around them, what's the culture, what's uh, what are the businesses, is this residential, you know, who are you catering to at this time, but also think for the future, what's going to happen in terms of development.
0: And, and I think Clyde Warren is so unique in that it, I think you said it best, Uh, Jason. It's a destination. It is. People drive down from Frisco when my dad or my brother's in town. We go down there for picnics. We take the dog to the dog park. We sit out there for the outdoor movies. Um, It's a place to show off to to other people. Mm -hmm. It's such an amazing space. Um, But I think about the parks that we use every day. And I live in East Dallas. I go to White Rock Lake, Lake sure. probably four to five times a week. Um, so I think that's the difference in in terms of the parks that you use every day that are sort of entrenched in a neighborhood versus a park that has all this programming and is a destination right. in and of itself.
2: And that's very true. And we call ours neighborhood parks for that mm. reason. They really are because downtown has different districts within the freeway loop. And so we try to examine the neighborhood around us to say that should influence the design of this park and what's in this park. And so that's why when I mentioned Harwood and the families living in the farmer's market district, the whole Southern half of Harwood is gonna be devoted to families. We're going to have a sport court, two giant Colombian mammoth play structures. Uh, multiple swings, there's going to be a water play area. Um, basketball court. Well, the sport court will, is designed to accommodate basketball, but more importantly, pickleball. And I'm uh-huh. sure you've all heard about pickleball yep. now. It's the rage across the country. Um, and so the park department here gets more requests for pickleball courts any, than anything else right now. Because it is truly the rage. Well, what? Yes.
0: it's a big thing it's a very big thing and I I just heard a story about this actually on
2: National Public Radio where they talked about it's a combination of ping pong, wiffle ball and badminton all of those things together and this is the the rage across the country. And you can even go pro now in pickleball. You can so, go pro in pickleball. So we, a we're going to have a, a pickleball court here in downtown Dallas. The, the
0: last time I tried to make a reservation, uh, Whiteley's name was no. on three time slots in a row. You couldn't <laughs> yeah. even get in. Well, you know,
1: Wheeler would have us believe rollerblading is still a big deal. And now pickleball might might, uh, might outshine that. I, I zoomed out a few minutes ago. We took a left turn and we've been driving down that road for a while. Let's come back to the priority parks here. Uh, another one you guys are developing. Um, is carpenter park I, I i like this one this is neat because it's it's space it's not just a parking space it's space that developers really wouldn't use and it, it's 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 like near freeways under under freeway overpasses tell us where this one is how big of a deal it is and, and when this one's going to open
2: well the exciting thing um is it's going to open may 3rd so and this really has been close. a park that's Yes, very close. <laughs> Maybe a little too close for us right now. <laughs> um, this has been a park that's been in work the a long time. And I mentioned that it was actually dedicated as Carpenter John W. Carpenter Plaza in 1981. And it had three parcels of land that were bisected by a whole bunch of streets. And so really, I don't think people even knew it was a park because you couldn't get to it right. by foot. You would only see it as you were zipping through. It's on the eastern side of downtown. So I-345 and Cesar Chavez, I-345 elevated, Cesar Chavez at, at the ground level, uh, is on the east side. So so East Dallas, Deep Ellum, it will be a connector. On the north side is Live Oak. On the west side is Pearl, and it which has been realigned. For those of you that remember, Pearl was kind of wacky in that area and kind of uncomfortable to drive on. So that right. has been completely realigned. And then on the Southern side is Pacific Avenue. Across the South of the park, uh, on the other side of Pacific are surface lots, all surface lots on that side, okay? Then you got on the, we- excuse me, the East side over in the Deep Ellum side is a storage facility, right? On the north side is Old Dallas High that Matthew Southwest has redone, and it's office space. But they've also just built or are finishing up a tower that's going to be residential. So we're really excited about that. Kind of catty corner is the Sheraton Hotel, which is yeah. has more guest rooms than any other hotel in Texas, is my understanding. What?
1: The Sheraton? It's huge. It's More yeah. like than the Anatole? Or?
2: Well, it's got 1,800, so it's, or more than 1,800. So wow. it's bigger than, huh. than the Anatole. And then um, on the west side is the Dart East Transfer Center. So if that kind of helps people, you know, orient themselves to where this is located, it's most of the folks that are really familiar with the site. It's because they come into downtown that way, maybe off off Central, and they're coming in on Caesar Chavez. So if you haven't, you know, if you don't come into the east side of downtown, you probably don't even know this was happening. Yeah, and because of COVID. Uh, Texas did not stop construction we just kept going we broke ground on this park in September of 2020 we had a very tiny groundbreaking because we were obviously in the middle of COVID at the time so I'm not sure most people really knew this was underway but it is uh, 5.6 acres which will make it the largest park in downtown uh, all contiguous land um, and part of it is under I-345 the elevated freeway which we think is an exciting opportunity to do something in the shade when you think about Texas. So, the first public basketball court in downtown has been built in Carpenter Park underneath the overhead freeway. Say that again. The first public basketball court in downtown Dallas. Will in open on all of downtown. On, in all of downtown, wow. will uh, open do, May 3rd. Uh, that,
1: that makes no sense.
2: Well, there are basketball courts in the neighborhoods that surround downtown, wow. but not in downtown. So this is why I think, you know, it was a big deal to, to get a basketball.
1: How Can Chris get on the reservation? No, he's going to have there? to go to
2: the sport court <laughs> at Hartwood Park to there. play pickleball. This one all will right. not be, this is only going to be striped for basketball. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Maybe but, do,
0: you, do you worry at all about the accessibility of, of Carpenter with, you know, with the DART transit transfer station right there and then sort of in the shadow of 345 and the construction that could be going on on 345 in in the years to come that
2: honestly no I don't have any concerns because this park is designed that it can be flexible depending on what happens to I 345 I also know that a lot of the people who are really huge proponents of tearing down I 345 are big proponents of parks and so they want this park there so Mm. this park is going to remain it could be modified in the future, once a decision is made on what happens with I-345, and in fact, you know there was a phase two that was originally designed on the land that sits between the northbound and southbound Cesar Chavez lanes, but there just wasn't enough financial resources to do that. So that also could be something in the future, depending on what they make the decision. You know, around 345, Dart. You know, I can't predict what Dart's going to do there, but it does you know provide transit in if you wanted to take a bus into Carpenter, for instance. Um, But ultimately, DART may decide that they want to sell that for investment purposes because that land is only going to go up in value. We know that any land adjacent to a park, a park that is maintained, well-kept, goes up in value.
1: Are you guys going to buy it?
2: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. we're, we're not in in land acquisition. Any we've bought all the land we need to buy. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, mentioning maintenance is a big deal because aren't you aren't you guys set up to where you will help maintain these parks, these four priority parks in downtown Dallas?
2: We have a goal to raise fifty million dollars in endowment funding to help supplement the park department's maintenance budget.
1: Gotcha.
2: Uh, we will have those under these endowments under our umbrella. Um, But we, yes, we plan to use these to help assist because O&M money in a city budget is, you know, year to year, very flexible. Um, The park department can access capital through bond projects and the bond programs that come up periodically, but they can't get O&M money that way. So we know that we need to be the backstop to ensure that these parks are maintained at a high quality um, because we also know that a park that isn't maintained and is left to on to its own devices becomes a liability, not an asset. Yeah, and I, we want to make sure these are assets.
0: I've seen that. I've lived in I've lived in Chicago, uh, Brooklyn, D.C., L.A. Okay. and you can really tell the difference between what a park does when it's well maintained and vibrant, yeah. and when the people start to empty out and the park gets run down. It's a blight. Right. It's almost worse than having a surface lot.
2: And we don't want that to happen. And these parks are designed and built basically for a hundred years. So we you know we've used top materials, very you know um, like granite, for instance, instead of soft stone that will degrade over time. The, you know, you can go to Civic Garden, and that's ten years. We'll have its anniversary next month, and it looks great in terms of the the quality it really of the does granite. Really, ten years. Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. Yeah, it, yeah. Looks it opened down May there. of twenty
2: twenty twelve. Well, well, yeah. Let me throw
1: this out, and I know it's not your mm-hmm. park, but but Clyde Warren Park, fantastic park. We we've, we've been giving praise to it, um, but there's no parking. There's no parking right. here, and I realize mm-hmm. that you guys are wanting to get rid of surface lots so people can go down and and have something to do, but. Is there going to be parking at any of these priority parks that you guys are developing? Well,
2: none of them have dedicated parking. Okay, put it that way. But there's parking in the areas around all of these parks because there are lots that people have or garages that people have and they make them available. You know, now, and then there are meters in some of these areas too. And I will say Carpenter will have a few metered spaces that are along Pearl Street. So there will be, you know, that will be an option if you get there first and you get a meter, you know. (laughs) But you can park at the Sheraton in their conference center garage. There, as I mentioned, there are three, I think three, maybe four surface lots right south of Pacific from Carpenter. So Carpenter has parking around it. Um, There's also another huge garage that sits between Carpenter and Harwood. Uh, First Presbyterian Church has a garage that they are now um, offering a very very low parking rate daily rate for people you've to park you've had this there. question
1: before i can tell
2: no, well i get it a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
1: you had
0: you had the answer ready for I, that which i've never know. heard <laughs> i've never heard quite the litany of parking <laughs> availability yeah. we have question <laughs> some
1: questions but not on that one amy was ready for no. that one that's when they trained her
0: on uh, and Clyde ward's just such a unique thing because it it's right along the highway, or mm-hmm. right on the freeway, right. obviously. And you've got the fruit, food trucks lined up yep. on both sides. And we'll have
2: and, food trucks at Carpenter. Yeah. But they'll oh, be on, really? the, okay. yeah, they'll be on, we have dedicated lanes on the Cesar Chavez side. Mm-hmm. So. Uh,
1: yeah. Let me, let me ask you about something, because you work with a guy named Robert Deckard. Yes, I do. And Robert Deckard. He's our chairman. For, for, yeah, for folks who don't know, he was the uh, chairman of the b Corporation he owned. Um, he owned, he, he, he ran the Dallas Morning News, WFAA television, and the former B Corporation. And when I first got here, I came up from Houston and, you know, you talk about Houston or you know, Dallas tearing down everything and putting the tree where they want it. Houston would just scrape everything and and uh, and do that. But Dallas and Houston are similar in some respects, except for one here. I noticed when I first got here and everyone was talking about it at WFAA, that Robert Deckard was really into, you know, beautifying downtown Dallas. And one mm-hmm. of the things he he helped do was for surface lots to make sure they were landscaped mm-hmm. and had fences or had some type of, of decorative uh thing around it so it's not just a basic boring surface lot that you might have people wander in and out of i thought that was pretty interesting but that mm-hmm. seems like it, it was almost the uh you know one, one of the the founding stones of all this thing yeah
2: well it it definitely transformed Bilo corp had the prettiest parking lots you know around all yeah. of downtown they were really beautiful and that was certainly a core value um, to make sure that beauty was part of downtown the downtown experience and you also feel safer i think in those you environments um, and that's one of the premises we've taken into our park work for instance we like wide sidewalks if at all possible now you know harwood street is part of a historic district very narrow sidewalks because the buildings these old old buildings you know are right up on the sidewalk practically but if you go to the most, the majority of parks that we have designed and developed for the city They have very large, wide sidewalks.
0: And what are the wide sidewalks? What what sort of feeling does that convey?
2: Well, I think it's that safety. When you're walking down the street and, you know, some of our aggressive drivers or whatnot, you know, you feel like, okay, I'm not right on the edge here. I'm not living on the edge. I'm not taking my my, life in my hands. And I think that's been the whole issue of how do we get people out on the street? They need to feel safe if they're walking around downtown.
1: So, priority park. These four priority parks. Uh, we, we've kind of talked about how they make Dallas more marketable. How it's, it's 20 acres of, of new parkland in, in the past 20 years. There are health benefits to all this as well. Y- you've been around Dallas for a hot minute, and you have the uh, uh, the gift of perspective on this. Where do you think Dallas is right now? Where is it five years from now? Once all these things are firmly established.
2: Well, I think it's gotten to be so vibrant and exciting to be a you know, living here, working here, um, visiting here, and I'm talking to people now. You know, like I said, I'm from Austin, who tell me, "Oh, you know, we don't we don't invite our friends to come visit us here. We want to go up to Dallas and see what everything you know, is going on in Dallas. It's really exciting up there. And that's not anything, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> I think you heard they you also didn't don't you?
0: want to get stuck on traffic, yeah, on right. I ah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> but I just think there is this interesting. Feeling that there's an energy that really is emerging here, and downtown is the place to be. If you if you really like that urban feel, and you want to you know have your Texas version of a of a New York or a Boston, Mm. come downtown because now you can see and do everything. Our arts district you know adds tremendous value to what we have to offer here, and that's one of the things. Not to take you down a rabbit hole, but. Carpenter Park has got a piece of art that we have reinstalled in the park that is the city's one of the most valuable pieces it owns behind the Henry Moore sculpture on City Hall Plaza, but it's done by Robert Irwin. And it ran north-south on the former Carpenter Plaza, and people drove through it, essentially, and didn't, they just thought it was a metal wall. It's a a piece of sculpture that the artist reimagined, we, we made new pieces for him that were reinstalled, and it now runs east-west, and he is in his 90s, and he has never done this in his entire career. So the Nasher, for instance, is holding an event learn, you know, a symposium on Robert Irwin on April 30th. And here's a piece of sculpture in a park, for goodness sakes, that is driving Nasher programming as an example.
1: Wow. The Nasher Sculpture Center.
2: Nasher Sculpture Center. Yeah. April 30th, we'll have this. Wow. We actually then commissioned Quinn Matthews to do a documentary, a history of this piece of art. And it's going to make its premiere at the USA Film Festival here in Dallas on April 20th. So something that is not most people wouldn't even assume it's park related and yet it's a really core amenity or a you know it's a driver for this park and i think that this park will bring art lovers for instance to it who might not have normally gone to a park
0: you know something um, it jumped out at me when you said hey we're 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 not in the land acquisition business anymore we've done all the work we've we've got these four parks where they need to be Looking down the road, maybe this is long term, but where do you think the next great Dallas Parks project will be, and what, what should it be? You trying to buy land b- before and I, I, try to yes, sell this back to him? Yes, about? because I have a long retirement I'm with you. plan, I'm with you. and I'd be happy <laughs> to include you in on the on well, the bid.
2: That, that, that's an interesting. Question and, mm. and I would be giving you my opinion sure. I would tell you that but you look at a, a community like uptown, my, my in-laws used to live in uptown, and my mother-in-law tried desperately to get a park another park built in uptown there was no land for it
0: mm.
2: well let's take the cedars, jump across 30 you've got the original city park, old city park, which is Dallas Heritage Village, a combination of that area is really prime for development, and green space would be a, 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 really drive, a key driver, I think, in terms of development in that area. Something like that. Um, so, so look at neighborhoods that surround and work your way out. Um, my understanding is, Hunt is going to, when they do, you know, a, a, a redevelopment of a property over on the opposite side, right near Victory, they're going to make sure there is a park that anchors that development. Mm. So I think you're gonna see this happening more as developers are, have watched what's happened in the core and they see the value and they see, especially coming out of COVID. I think we all learned you know, that COVID, we want outdoor spaces to be in, um, whether it's just for food and beverage and fun, or we actually wanna go out and exercise, or we just need to connect with nature. And when you're in a very urban environment that is so concrete heavy, trees green space plants gardens the fact that when we opened pacific plaza and i was walking through one day and the turks cap this plant had these beautiful kind of uh, flambe orange uh, blooms there was hummingbirds flying in the turks cap in pacific plaza wow. in downtown dallas we have you know monarch butterflies at carpenter the other day these are things we would not have seen 10 years ago it five just wouldn't have ago. happened five yeah. years ago well, I think with Civic Garden when we first opened that, that's when I first kind of thought, oh, this, some of this is actually could could be possible, wow. um, and now I, I know it's possible, and and that to me is about quality of life, yeah. and we you know we need these connections to nature, and it's real easy to lose them when we're surrounded by hardscape and concrete skyscrapers, but we can bring butterflies and hummingbirds into downtown, then I mean that. <laughs> That's pretty transformational.
1: That's impressive. My my last question for you, Amy, is um, none of this would be done without a public-private partnership. And I would presume that not all city halls are as fortunate to have uh, the the type of organization that you guys are to to say, hey, we can come in and help out. How does Dallas rank in that? What do other cities need to watch? And is anyone really ahead of Dallas?
2: Well, we certainly know that – when we have talked with some other cities, DDI has often has conversations with other cities and they- DDI is Downtown Dallas Yeah, Downtown Dallas I'm sorry. Which I mistaken you guys. one of our partners about, yeah. and they have often get calls from cities that say, you know, tell us how you're doing X and Y and Z. And so when they have questions about parks, we've come in and talked to them. Our model is, is hard to replicate because we had, we were a private foundation that had an endowment to start with. So we had cash resources. We didn't have to start from ground zero to raise capital. Um, So that's, I think, what's allowed us to go at this pace, that if we had been starting from ground zero and said, oh, gosh, this is a $90 million program, soup to nuts, because we've got to buy, there were two parks that still had to be purchased. Yes, we we had to Mm. acquire a lot of land. Um, Then you have to pay designers, which is not cheap. Um, Your construction costs in a built environment much higher than if you're out in the suburbs so we could go and build one of these parks in frisco for a fraction of the cost we can build in the city of you know downtown dallas because we have all sorts of things buried underground Harwood, we've found tanks we found basements cisterns yeah. you know all sorts of things did you really oh yeah <laughs> so wow. there you know all that's of a these parks, story. exactly <laughs> Another yeah, so that's mean, yeah. <laughs> and the environmental <laughs> remediation and abatements you have to do you're not doing that in yeah. farmland yeah. you know so there are certain things like that that make this very challenging and i feel like you know we were fortunate to have those resources that could jump start this and then we've had some other private partners come on along and want to be you know partner with us too so we've brought more people to the party which has been great we still have a ways to go but I do think that it's it's this our particular public-private partnership may not be as easily replicable unless somebody um, in another city there is a foundation there that says you know what we've got this endowment we really care about green space in the environment we're going to take a cue from what Dallas has done and we're going to follow suit. But I, I still think there's lessons we can all learn from each other. I there you know you may know about Trust for Public Land has a park score index. And they annually, you know, analyze all sorts of data on this. And so out of 100 cities, Dallas right now comes in right at 50. <laughs> so we're right in the middle, middle. of the pack. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the good news about this is that we were really high on their equity score as a whole city, the city of Dallas. Um, we were very low on amenities. So it meant we've, we've invested in having green space, but maybe we haven't put in some of the amenities that our, our citizens want to Can see. Buy amenities things like pickleball pickleball, Pickleball. yeah basketball (laughs) water features you know play play, spray grounds um Uh, playscapes different kinds of swings i mean all of these kind of amenities that might draw someone to a park or just a green quiet green space that you can sit in an environment that's and be contemplative you know in a in a moment that you wouldn't have thought that you could find that in that in this particular environment so we're we're Hopefully, adding um, you know the parks that we're building are adding more amenities, and maybe our score will go up a little bit.
1: And I noticed on that trust for public land report, I, I looked at that the other day, and um, Dallas is ahead of I think parkland per capita of like Austin and San Antonio, but behind Houston.
2: Yes, which and surprised Houston, significantly
1: me significantly a lot is that because of the yeah. Bayou down there running through town, or what is that? Any I don't
2: idea? know the answer to that, Jason, because they actually passed a tax on themselves to more parkland and so they the, the whole city of houston really? did this so i i don't know if it's just huh. things are in progress but they have a, a really great park system but i i am surprised by that yeah. but their land mass is so much larger too yeah. we have to remember that that they annexed everything right and so they're yeah. so much bigger than we are <laughs> yeah. we're surrounded by suburbs right. um so that could be it maybe it's just the geographic scope that they have to cover i, I don't know the answer to that but it is surprising
1: oh huh. for sure all right, wow. Amy uh, Meadows from Parks for Downtown Dallas, Inc. I got it right this time, right? Yeah. Sorry about that earlier. Really. I apologize. Our, no, no,
2: wait. You just said Downtown Dallas, Inc. again. I, I
1: said <laughs> Inc. I need to pull Inc. out of this thing.
2: Parks for Downtown Dallas. Dallas. No Inc. There's just, no incorporation. No, yeah. There's no
1: incorporated. <laughs> parks for Downtown, Downtown Dallas. Dallas. Oh. You guys have a great website. You can read all about the, the four priority parks. Um, there, there's a lot of great stuff on there. There's videos on there. A lot of good information. Thanks so much for being here. We really oh, appreciate that. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, it, it was great, and can't wait to go see Carpenter Park. Going to be the largest, wow. largest park in downtown
2: park. until until Clyde Warren builds their their <laughs> Are expansion. They a new expansion. Yeah, their expansion. Yeah. Then Jeez. then they'll eclipse it. But right yeah. now it's 5.6 contiguous acres. Come That's and great. check it out. You know, you, you'll be amazed. Stand on the top of the hill.
0: I'm convinced one day, Cly Warren will be all the way up to Mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, right?
2: Who knows? Who knows? And, yeah. and for the record,
1: uh, Chris Lawrence uh, finished his a lot faster, finished his beer a lot faster th- than me here. And I'll
2: say, I'm this trying is to put some space in between not so bad. the end of the podcast
0: and the beginning of my uh, my
1: shift. Exactly. Um, hey, thanks again. We appreciate it. Chris. Thanks for being here, man. We appreciate that. Shout out to uh, Pegasus City Brewery for having us. at Their tap room in downtown Dallas, too. Thanks for listening to Yoltix. We'll see you again next week.